Welcome back to AFGE's Inside Government, available on demand at InsideGovernmentRadio.com. We're joined now by Sasha Booker, a staff attorney at the Transgender Law Center. Welcome to Inside Government. Thanks, Ward. Thanks so much for having me on the program. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do for the Transgender Law Center. Sure, yeah. I'm a staff attorney. I've been here since August. And the work that we do, um, we've been around for around, over, around 12 years, and we work to change law and policy and attitudes so that all people can live safely and authentically and free from discrimination, regardless of gender identity or expression. We take thousands of calls a year, and we do some you know, direct litigation and also work on a lot of legislation. And uh, if folks are curious, you can find us at transgenderlawcenter.org, and we have a helpline there. You know, And we also work on a lot of different... Um, policy and public education issues. And are you regional in scope, national in scope? We are national, actually. We've worked, you know, for um, a lot of years, mostly in California, you know, especially legislatively. Uh, but we are currently working on, you know, um, uh, fo- working with folks all across the country right now. And the initials for it is TLC, for Transgender Law Center. And AFG has worked closely with TLC to develop a policy that our locals can use at their facilities to ensure that our work sites foster an environment of inclusion and safety for transgender and gender nonconforming and transitioning employees. Tell us how important it is for work sites to implement these kinds of policies. Yeah, you know, that's a really great question, Ward. Thanks. Um, You know... Trans workers just want what every other employee wants. They just want to be judged, you know, uh, by the quality of their work and not their gender identity and just want, you know, like everyone else wants, a right to expect the opportunity to work hard and to provide for themselves and their families and to do this in a workplace that's free of harassment and discrimination. Um, unfortunately, because there's still, you know, significant stigma, you know, um, surrounding transgender identity, um, that there's a lot of folks that are, you know, um, still very uncomfortable, you know, with trans folks. And I think it's important to own that, you know, there is discomfort, uh, but there's been discomfort with a lot of groups in our country over the years, and I'm, I'm confident that we'll overcome that. Um, we're excited about the policies because the policies help, you know, provide a framework and really um, appreciated it. This predated my time here but appreciated the work that we've done with AFGE and appreciated your support very much. Uh, but the policy is really helpful because they, you know, provide a framework for folks who are, you know, working with folks who are, you know, either transitioning on the job or being, you know, brought in as a transgender person and gives them like a sense of how to move forward, you know, with that, you know, statement that somebody is going to be coming out and living authentically in their workplace, you know, and how to respond to that and the issues surrounding confidentiality, for example, you know, a lot of trans folks medically transition and, you know, some very sensitive information, you know, regarding that issue that, you know, um, we want to make sure doesn't get compromised, you know, and then having, you know, a solid policy on dress and appearance that includes trans folks and just policies on, you know, restroom facilities and that kind of thing that are consistent with people's gender identity has been extremely helpful, you know, for both transgender people, obviously, but also for, you know, the folks, you know, in management in those positions. So it's been uh, really helpful. And there's some great OPM regulations that have been used quite a bit, you know, uh, uh, that by uh, by even folks are just looking to create policies. But we've also got a model policy that we uh, are willing to share, and you can find it on our website, you know, for helping employers work through, you know, the some of the stickier situations involving trans employees. And and some of this stuff really has been rather new. I mean, how long has the center been around, for instance? Yeah, we've been around for 14 years and 2002, and I think our reputation is definitely that we just get things done. You know, we're very proud of what we've done, and we've worked, we work on a wide range of issues, you know, ranging from identity documents 
to health care, to employment discrimination, to school safety, and then also with prisons and jails and immigration issues. So very proud of our organization. And how long has AFG been working with you? You know, that's a good question. I looked into that a little bit, and I couldn't um, get a, a complete answer, so I'm sorry I can't <laughs> answer that, but it sounds like it's been, you know, quite a while, for years, you know, for at least three or four years. And let's talk a little bit about one of the particular cases. The The TLC was heavily involved in a case of a transportation security officer, Ashley Yang, who was fired from her job at LAX Airport. Can you tell us her story and, and how your center was involved in that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, Ms. Yang was uh, an employee, as you said, of the transportation or the um, uh, transportation security administration, and uh, was actually hired as a woman. And um, uh, upon being hired, though, her employer, you know, discovered her transgender identity and um, began to harass her. And a month into her hiring, they they actually required her to, you know, um, start working quote as male. And that failure to do so would, you know, uh, result in disciplinary actions. And actually, um, uh, to keep her job, you know, Miss Yang actually purchased a, a quote male wig, and then um, com- to comply with the TSA's dress code, and pretended to be a man at work. And, and despite her efforts to do that, because she really needed work, you know, this was, you know, a survival issue for her. Um, but despite her efforts, passengers, you know, clearly recognized her as female and subjected to her a lot of subjected her to a lot of um, sexual harassment and discrimination. And um, she came to the TLC and, you know, uh, told us about what was happening. So, you know, we um, uh, charged the TSA with sex discrimination under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And the TSA found those legal arguments, you know, highly persuasive and ended up settling with um, TLC and Ms. Yang, and um, it, which included a financial payment to Ms. Yang and also, you know, some training, you know, for their TSA managers at LAX. And have you found that the federal sector is a little more welcoming than the private sector on this, or or who's kind of leading the charge on this? Well, there's been a huge, huge, it depends on which part of the federal sector, you know, in which part of the private sector. But, you know, we've definitely seen some really welcome uh, um, shifts in the on the federal level. For years, there was a, a surgery requirement for folks to be able to amend documents with the Passport Agency and the Social Security Administration. And just the last couple of years, you know, those um, requirements have, have been changed to remove that requirement, which is really uh, challenging for folks, trans folks, who, you know, because of health care exclusions, have to pay for those surgeries out of pocket, which is really, really challenging, you know, for folks that are just trying to, you know, make a living. So, um, you know, we're really pleased with that. We're really pleased with the, you know, the um, the great policies coming out of, you know, the TSA now is, is getting better, but we've also seen a great policy come out of the Department of Interior and, uh, you know, just, just excited in those in those areas. One thing that we're not excited about, and we're still hoping that will um, uh, be a, an evolving um, a step forward, will be the issue of health care. There's still a lot of exclusions within federal uh, health care benefits, employee benefits, you know, and uh, we're working to, to remove those. You're listening to AFGE's Inside Government, and we're speaking with Sasha Booker, a staff attorney at the Transgender Law Center, about the rights of transgender employees. And and you're mentioning some of the sort of the state of healthcare and employment discrimination in the public sector. Can you talk to us a little more about that? What are some of the challenges and issues you're facing? 
Yeah, you know, it's a, I think it's an issue that, you know, we've worked with a lot of um, folks in the private sector, you know, on and just, you know, it's really just about recognizing that, you know, these medical exclusions are just outdated policies. You know, every uh, prominent healthcare organization has defined healthcare for transgender people as medically necessary, and I'm, that's including the American Medical Association and the American Psychiatric Association and, you know, a ton more. Um, and it's also cost-effective. San Francisco, the city and county has had it for over 10 years, and, you know, after three years, their um, um, claims were so low that they actually dropped the premium. And, you know, of course, San Francisco is considered a magnet community, so there's a lot of trans folks that come here for safety purposes, and, you know, this explosion in healthcare cost and a Rag on the healthcare budget that was predicted just didn't come true and hasn't come true for all of the businesses and states that have added it. And you know, it's also a huge, you know, it's a little cost, but it's a huge difference in the lives of transgender people. You know, so um, and more and more businesses and states and municipalities are doing it as well. And I think there's also a misunderstanding about the the uh, nature of the healthcare that you know we need. You know, we just want you know to um, put it bluntly, the same crappy health care that everybody else gets. You know, we're not looking for Cadillac insurance plans. We're just looking for the same health care that anyone else would get, you know, for whatever reason they need it, whether it's hormone replacement uh, therapy or surgeries. You know, it's medically necessary for us, you know, under a gender identity dysphoria diagnosis. And, and talking about fundamental fairness, let's, let's talk about the April 2012 EEOC announcement that Title VII, the federal sex discrimination law, protects transgender workers. Was that a big victory? And, and what was your center's role in that? Oh, my gosh, that was so huge. It was seismic, you know, uh, just huge, huge victory. It was, we were, we um, helped, a, the case involved a transgender woman, and that is a person who was transitioning from male to female, uh, who was um, seeking a fairly elite position with the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency and was offered a position and then announced immediately to them that she would be transitioning on the job, and then suddenly, you know, the job disappeared, and uh, she brought uh, a lawsuit, you know, uh, uh, claiming, you know, employment discrimination. And the issue at hand was, you know, whether or not gender identity discrimination would be defined as sex discrimination. And the EEOC conclusively, you know, uh, defined it as sex discrimination, which is huge because, especially in the public sector, because, you know, that will be precedent and no longer can EEO offices dismiss a claim that, you know, this isn't sex discrimination, quote, sex discrimination because it's involving gender identity. And this is also falls in line and dovetails with, you know, the federal case law that's been evolving, you know, in the last few years. We've seen this over and over again with, with federal courts, you know, um, defining sex discrimination in, as inclusive of gender identity discrimination. But, you know, and just to add, tack on to that, you know, and these are great steps forward, but, you know, uh, we eventually need, you know, something a little less ambiguous and, and that would be passing the Employment Non-Discrimination Act or ENDA as it's often referred. And Let's talk about it in terms of educating the general public. What kind of outreach are you doing to educate the public on this ruling and, and other issues? Yeah, that's a great question. Again, I would just, you know, if folks are curious, you know, I would check out, check us out at transgenderlawcenter.org. Uh, we, you know, continue to do a lot of that work and reaching out and outreach to uh, folks through our, you know, communications, you know, um, whether it's through Facebook or through blog posts or webinars. You know, we've we've talked a lot about, you know, the Macy decision and what it means, especially considering that there are there are only employment discrimination protections in 17 states right now. So this is especially significant and that word needs to get out to folks who are, you know, in those states without protection. So we do a lot of that. We talk a lot about these issues at conferences and, you know, um, 
we'll be continuing to, you know, uh, get the word out, you know, so folks know that there are these protections that weren't there before, and we're very excited about them. And as we come down to our last 30 seconds, the easiest way to learn more about your organization is your website, which is? TransgenderLawCenter.org. Thank you, Sasha. You're listening to AFGE's Inside Government, available on demand at InsideGovernmentRadio.com. I'm your host, Ward Morrow, and up next, we'll continue our discussion with Darren Phelps, the AFL-CIO Executive Director of Pride at Work. But first, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> 